Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. <clears throat> in the last year, the last months, in the last weeks, I have constantly heard the same rhetoric over and over and over and over and over and over again. This is, this is the rhetoric. Are you ready? Here it is. This is what I've heard. We need to take our land back. I've heard it over and over and over again. Now, we can clearly see that our nation is, is become and is becoming. Uh, we, we can see it, to be honest. We, we, we can see what it's becoming. And, and I could not agree with you more. We need to take our land back from those who have driven us to the ledge of moral decay. And I hope that all of you who are sitting in your houses right now just said amen. We, we need to do something to take back our country that has been driven to that ledge because of moral decay. Church, if we look at the history of this great nation of the United States of America, we must remember that many times we have had to bear arms and physically take our nation back from those who, des who desire to destroy us. And that may very well happen here again in the, the history of our nation. But there's something we as Christians can and must be willing to do right now, right now, right this very minute, to take our country back from those who have led us down the path of destruction. Led us down this very path of destruction. And the answer has always been and always be, will be clearly seen. How can we take our country back? It's clearly seen in the Word of God. In the Word of God. So I, I want to ask you this morning, those who are listening right now, those who might be listening later this week, maybe this, later this month, maybe even a year from now, I want to ask you this very question while we still have a chance to ask it. Do you want the old America back. Do you want the old America back? You have to answer that question. And if you answer yes, you really need to pay attention to the message that's about to be preached. Look at your, your Bible and, and look at Genesis chapter 2. It, church, you know, if, if you look through Scripture, it seems that God has always wanted His people to have a land, a land of their own. So we're going to go back to the very first time that God gave his people a land. So look with me this morning at Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse 1. And the word of God says in Genesis, it says, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed by the seventh day. God completed his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on, on it he rested from his work of creation. These are the, the records of the heavens and the earth concerning the creation at time at the time the, that the Lord God had made the earth and the heavens. No shrub of the field yet had grown on the land, and no plant of the field had <clears throat> yet sprouted, for the, for the Lord God had not made it rain on the land. And there was no man to work the ground, but, but, but uh, water could be found on the ground and, and water the, the entire surface of the land. 
Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden in the Eden, a garden in the Eden in the east, and then he placed the man he had formed. There he placed the man that he had formed. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, we can't thank you enough for allowing us to, to listen this morning to the words that you've prepared. Now, God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts. Help us, Lord, to, to hear a word from you. Help us to feel your presence that we might be greater servants for you in days ahead. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Uh, again, church, it, it seems like God has always wanted his people to have a land. We can really get rid of the word seems and, and totally understand that God has always wanted his people to have a land. So let's look at this uh, step by step. As we read Genesis 2 through uh, Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 8, we see a land called Eden that God had prepared for the man that he created. Now, I want you to understand something. The land that we live on right now, it, it's not perfect. But this land, this land of Eden, as we look at it in Scripture, it was absolutely perfect because God created it. Well, you could, you could make the, the debate, well, God created the, the land that we live on today. Yeah, but we, what we see in Genesis chapter 2 is God cultivated the land, God planted the land, and God nurtured the land. You see, the day that we live in, we have the land, but we have to do the work. In, in Genesis chapter 2, God made it perfect for man's existence. It was a perfect land. Listen, the arrangements were perfect. All man had to do was just walk in and possess the land of Eden. That's all he had to do. That's all man had to do. That's all Adam had to do. So the arrangements were perfect. But there's something that was not perfect. The people... The people were not perfect. Now, as I'm preaching this, I want you to think constantly of the day that we're living in. God gave them something absolutely perfect, and man messed it up. Everything that God has given man that's beautiful and perfect, everything, everything that God has given us, man has found a way to mess it up. And this is what we see this morning. The people were not perfect. They did not do, they, they did not have to work for the land that God gave them. All they did have to come in was enjoy the beauty of what God created. They didn't have to work. They didn't have to build. They didn't have to till. They didn't have to plow. They didn't have to sow. They didn't have to gather. All they had to do was just enjoy the land that God gave them. They, they didn't have to fight others for the land. God gave it specifically to them. At this point in time, there'd never been a war. There'd never been a killing. There'd never been a death. There was no fighting, no turmoil. God gave them a perfect land. There's something else. They didn't have to work the land for their food. God provided it for them. Well, wouldn't it be great to just walk up, wake up tomorrow morning and just walk outside and not have to, to get a pot or a pan or, or find a stove or, or light a match or, or turn a knob. I mean, the food was right there in front of your face. All you had to do was pick it off the vine, pick, pick it off the branch and, and eat. I mean, it, it was absolutely perfect. That sounds pretty good to me. 
That sounds like a good deal to me. Now, let me ask you a question. Why are we not still in Eden? Why aren't we still there in this perfect land? What's a three-letter word? S-I-N. Sin. Sin is the reason we're not there still. All throughout human history, all throughout Hebrew history, we hear the Jews saying a lot of things, sometimes repetitive things the Jews say. But the one thing I don't, I, I don't think I've, I've ever heard was the one thing that we all should have learned from the book of Genesis. Well, we should have learned it from Genesis chapter 2. Listen and be obedient to what God tells you. The, the, the reason we're not in Eden right now, just... Enjoying what God created for all of mankind is because we would not listen to God and we were disobedient to what God tells us to do. Adam and Eve lost Eden because they would not do the things that God told them to do. The way God told them to do it. And God said, fine, get out, get out. Let that sink in here for a second. God prepared the most perfect environment in all of history and all of time for man to live and to enjoy. God prepared it. All they had to do, all they had to do, listen, all they had to do, Mike, up there in the balcony, all they had to do was listen to God and follow God's instructions. That's it. Does it seem that hard? That's all they had to do was listen to God. Listen to God and follow his instructions. And they could not do those two things. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to anybody? Now, our eyes have never been laid out on, on Eden. We, we don't know exactly the beauty and the majesty of what God created. But Adam and Eve did. And it was not enough for them to follow God, listen to God and do what he says to do. That's it. That's it. They were kicked out of Eden, the most perfect environment, because they didn't want to listen to the creator. But there's another land. You see, that was the first land. That, that wasn't the last land. There, there was another land. Another land is seen in Genesis chapter 6 and, and verses 11 through 13. Genesis chapter 6, verse 11 through 13 tell us of this land. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with violence. God saw how corrupt the earth was. For all flesh had corrupted its way on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. You see, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, they wondered this, this earth that God had created. They had been secluded in the garden, the most beautiful place, but they were now pushed out of the garden and to all of the earth to wander and to provide for themselves. And through the process of time, God had, had, had multiplied all these people, and now God saw what was created, what he created, had been corrupted. And he told Noah, the only righteous man, he and his family, I am getting ready to destroy this earth. You see, the second land was a land that man had worked. Man had to work. 
He had to go out there and he had to sweat and he had to, to till the land. He had to sow the land. He had to, to, to grow the, 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 the food from the land. He had to reap the food from the land. He had to process the food from the land. He had to survive on what he made alone on the land. Things were not handed over. To, to, to man on this second land. Women had to work. The chi and childbirth was very painful. These were the curses that God placed on man because they listened. All they had to do was listen and obey. And these are the curses that fell on man on the second land because they would not listen and obey. Scripture does not tell us why this land was so violent and corrupt. But it says God wanted to destroy it because of the people's violence and corruptness. That they couldn't contain themselves. They couldn't agree with each other. That they couldn't come together. And God said, I I'm, I'm tired of it. I I'm sick of it. We see that God destroys every living creature trying to cleanse this land once again. Church, we should hear this message all throughout Jewish history. We, as we go through Old Testament scripture, we ought to hear this as a warning time and time and time again. Every time somebody gets out of line, some Jewish authority should stand up and says, don't you remember? Don't you remember that God warned us and told us to listen and obey to him or there would be consequences? Why don't we see that? But we don't. The prophets tried to tell it, but they didn't point back to Eden very often and they didn't point back to Noah very often as proof positive that God would destroy man. God, there would be consequences if man did not listen and follow his direction. Oddly, we don't hear scholars of that day or much of this day refer much to the flood. Now, I want you to listen and understand if we, the people of today, decide we're not going to listen and we're going to be disobedient to God, you better pull up your big adult pants and get ready because there are going to be consequences. There's always been consequences and there always will be consequences if we do not listen and follow God's instructions. But you know, <coughs> this wasn't the last land. There's a third land. The third land that God promised is seen in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, we, we see another land. Now, you might be saying, well, it's the same land, but, it, but it's, it's another land that God promised, seen in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Now, listen, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go out from your land and your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. This is the third land. Church, I want you to understand something. Those of you who are listening, I want you to understand something. God gave Abraham that land. 
just as he gave Adam and Eve a land, God is now picking a servant, handpicking a servant, and giving him a land. Now, his family possessed that land all the years of Abraham and Isaac's life. Now, they had to work it. They had to maintain it. But as long as they were there, God blessed them. Their, their flocks just flourished. Their fields flourished. Everything they touched, every well they dug flourished in the sight of God. Why is that? Because they listened and they followed God's direction. The Hebrew children possessed this land until a great famine came and Jacob and all his family left this land. Now, this, could, this, this, this would be the same land that the Hebrew children cried out to God for while they were in Egyptian bondage. This is the same land that the Hebrew children walked in the wilderness for 40 years for, to, 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 to re-encompass. This is the same land that two, two, Two people out of two to three million people who left Jesus got to walk into. Now, you might be asking yourself, why did only two who left Egypt get to walk back into this land? Because for 40 years, they whined and cried, moaned, groaned, and complained about what God was doing for them. God fed them. God kept them. The clothes that they left Egypt in for 40 years, they never wore out. They left Egypt with a pair of shoes, and they, walked, they could have walked into the promised land with the same pair of shoes. God protected them, and yet all they wanted to do was Whine, cry, moan, groan, and complain. Does that sound familiar to the world that we're living in today? D does it? You see, two, two people out of two, point, point two to three million people made it to the promised land from Egypt because they listened and followed God's direction. Joshua and Caleb, they listened to God. They wouldn't give up on God. It didn't matter how big the odds were. Joshua and Caleb always stood up and said, listen, we serve a mighty God. God is not going to leave us. He's always protected us. I decide to follow God. And they walked back into the promised land. Church, this is the land that God said that you're going to have to fight for. You're not going to have, you're, you're going to have to fight for. God said, God said, I will protect you, but you will fight. After much bloodshed, God gave them back their land. All the Hebrew children had to do was this. Listen to God and have faith and follow him. All they had to do. All they had to do. Neil, all they had to do was listen to God and follow him. Let me ask you a question. Does that really sound hard? Does that sound burdensome? Does it sound like, oh God, you're, you're just putting too much on me. I can't handle that. I, I just, I can't do that. It's too much. Oh no, listen. All they had to do was listen to the Lord God Almighty, the king of the universe, the creator of all that we see. All they had to do was listen to him and follow his direction. Doesn't sound hard at all. But there's another land. There's another land. 
there have only been three kings who ruled over the entire land that God gave his people. The first king we see is King Saul. The second king is God's appointed king, King David. And then we see David's son, Solomon. Church, this land was split in two after the death of Solomon. It was split almost right down through the middle. We have now a a northern kingdom and, and a southern kingdom. But all but a few kings were corrupt, meaning they would not listen to God nor would they follow his direction. The the people would not follow God and were taken into bondage by the Assyrians first, and later the Babylonians finished them off. They were taken into captivity after many years of slavery. Once again, God gave them their land back. God gave it back to them. Now, Now, if you follow this progression to where we are today. For, for, from the time that we see them taken away into to, to bondage, church, they never had a land. They were dispersed everywhere throughout this world. And, and May 14th, 1948, we saw God give them their land back once again. Now, they don't have a temple. They can't sacrifice. They can't do things what the, the, that they did with the original temple. But they're waiting. They've got everything they need once they they occupy and they they have that land back. The only place they're ever going to sacrifice is where the temple is going to be. Daniel tells us about that last temple. And you better be watching Israel in these last days. Israel will take that land back. They will have uh, the the last temple that, that Daniel says that Satan will or the Antichrist will desecrate. But a war has to take place. They're going to have to take that land back. They're going to have to take that that one place where the Dome of the Rock now stands to build that last temple. Keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel. Church, do you see a trend here as we look and understand that God's always wanted his people to have a land? He's always given them a land to possess. Church, God gives a people a land. And for a short period of time, they follow God. They listen to him. They obey him. They follow his direction. After an extended period of time, people turn their backs on God and do just about everything he has told them not to do. Look at the history of America. How America was founded under Christian principles. Where are we today? Where where are we today? If you follow our line of progression since the history of America when we came over here on the Mayflower, listen, you you can see, you can see the genuineness of our founding fathers to to come to this nation and, and form a nation out of Christian principles. But we're not there today. We're not there today. We then see when when a people turn their back on God, God punishes the people by taking their land from them. If I need to remind you once again, if you look through the book of Revelation, America is not seen. We've either lined up with somebody who is seen or we've been totally destroyed or we've destroyed ourselves. But it doesn't have to be that way. 
It doesn't have to be that way. The people who won't change do something. The, the people who want things back to the way they used to be, the people who want America back to what America used to be, there's something you need to do. Well, Brother Kyle, what is it? What is it that we need to do? We need to get down on our knees and cry out to God that God will deliver us. You see, all that we really need to do is listen to God and obey Him. If you want America back, if you want America back to what it used to be, you need to, Christian, it needs to start with you. Don't, don't look at anybody else, look at you. We need to listen to God and obey Him. Oh, oh Brother Kyle, what's God saying? Pick up your Bible and read. His, his, what he's saying is no different than it's always been. We need to serve him with all our heart. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength. We need to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's where it starts. But all of us have the same command to go out into all the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our job has never been changed. We are to be a witness for Jesus, what he's done. The goodness of God is seen every single day. Even the day that we live in, we can still point out to the goodness and the greatness of God. Our job is to make his name great. Our job is to make his name known. Every time God's people listened and obeyed, they flourished. Every, every time. Every time God's people listened and obeyed, they flourished. Every time in the history of mankind that man has turned their back on God and thumbed their nose at God, destruction has come to those people. Sometimes it was fast and sometimes it was slow, but destruction always came. Church, we do not have to follow this line of progression. We don't. We can choose today to faithfully follow and serve God. This is our land. America is, is our land. God has given it to us to follow his direction. Will you follow his direction? Or will you continue to do your own thing? The church, God's bride, the bride of Jesus Christ, has unbridled potential, potential if we will follow God and take back the land state, Satan has stolen from us. But you've got to be willing. It all starts with us individually as Christians telling God, Repenting to God of our sins and admitting to God that we were wrong and confessing and professing that God, our ears are now open. We will listen to you and we will follow your directions. My question to you right now this morning is, are you willing to do that? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, 
We come to you asking forgiveness of our sins and where we fail you. We pray, God, that you would be with us right now, that you would, you would truly open our eyes, that, that we would see you for who you are. Lord, we would see ourselves as you see us this morning, that we might be greater servants for you. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord God, as individuals, as a church, as a city, as a state, and as a nation to come back to you. Lord, to follow your directions and serve you the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen.